Chicago-based organization New Moms offers housing, job training, and family support to help young moms overcome poverty and homelessness. Integral to their work is their social enterprise, a candle-making business called Bright Endeavors, which provides transitional job training and professional skills development. It's not an easy mission, but somehow, they're getting it done. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. On today's episode, we speak with the CEO of New Moms and Bright Endeavors, Laura Zumdahl. In our conversation, Laura recounts the history of New Moms and what prompted the long-standing organization to add a social enterprise to their already robust programming. We discuss the impact that the venture has had so far on the lives of young moms in Chicago. Laura then shares the challenges of balancing an inspired social mission with financial sustainability and the lessons she's learned along the way. I am a social worker by training, but have always worked in the nonprofit sector in the United States. And I came to New Moms about eight years ago. Um, I had worked in nonprofit leadership, but I was really drawn to the model at New Moms that was this holistic model that came around young women who were parenting and really provided them with this kind of range of supports in their lives. About half of the young moms that we serve at New Moms are experiencing homelessness. Um, the other half are certainly feeling the effects of poverty. And so we have this model that um, provides housing and uh, parent education and child development and job training and all the things that young families need. And I loved the holistic nature of that model. And I was really drawn to that. Um, but I was also really drawn to the social enterprise model that New Moms also uses as um, part of a part of their broader model. And I loved that and I wanted to be part of that. I was really intrigued by that. And so that in particular drew me to New Moms at that point in my career. And it has been a, a little bit of a ro roller coaster because working in like social change work is a roller coaster, but it's been a really good ride too. And it's been fun to be part of the growth and the change and to be part of innovation in an organization that's really dynamic like this. And um, it's hard to believe that it's been eight, I'm in my ninth year now. Wow, that is, that. I remember we met originally when uh, I was interviewing you for my book in the business of change. You, you had been there for, I guess, a few years. And I'm sure a lot has evolved already since then, which is why I wanted to, to explore New Moms itself and, and how it sort of evolved. And you might have seen that over the past few years. Yeah, so New Moms started 39 years ago. Uh, really to solve this problem that our founder was confronted with in her community in Chicago. She lived in a neighborhood in Chicago, the Humboldt Park community, where she recognized that there were young moms who were homeless, living in abandoned buildings and cars, and really out of the moral conviction that that wasn't okay. Uh, and didn't know what to do about it, but knew that that wasn't okay and was going to do something. And so she literally started out by giving out diapers and formula out of the trunk of her car. And that was her office for a while. And she just kept thinking, well, if I could just, you know, help provide some emergency needs and then maybe make a connection and then I'll, I'll find a place for them to go because surely somebody is doing something. Well, and of course, this was the early 80s. Um, and 
turned out, you know, this was actually a moment in Chicago, at least where a lot of homeless service agencies started because there weren't a lot of systems of support at that point for individuals who are experiencing homelessness. And so, you know, she found, oh, there weren't actually places for families that were um, experiencing homelessness to go. And so, you know, she was kind of like, shoot, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I got to do something else because, again, feeling convicted about this. And so she um, found some friends through church and they pooled some resources together and they rented some apartments. And that was our first program was wow. the housing and was like, well, we're going to give these families a place to live because that's what the right thing to do. And that was our early days. And we still do housing today for families. Mm -hmm. We have um, now we've built a couple buildings of housing. And so we have 58 apartments that house families that's that a are, lot it is a lot and it's needed and we could we could triple that and fill them because there's such a need for housing in our community and so that's a huge need we also serve several hundred families more throughout the community in Chicago um, we do a lot of parent education and child development support for young moms and, and we think of young moms as young women who are age like 24 and under so mm -hmm. that adolescent age early young adulthood where mm -hmm. brains are still developing it's this really kind of magical moment because um, what we know about brain science is that um, there's these two periods of life when your brains are particularly primed for development. It's those early childhood years, right? Like zero to three and then um, adolescence and into those early like twenties periods. And we get the great opportunity of serving both because we have this two generational models. So we've got moms and kids. So we are hitting both the adolescent period and early childhood period. So that's awesome. Interestingly, research also shows that the third moment that your brain also can grow a lot is the moment you become a new parent. Yes. And we get that too, which is crazy because you're having to learn all these new things <laughs> at that moment, right? And you're forced into it. And so we have this like tremendous opportunity. And so we've really tried to lean into that science as we've continued to grow and evolve as an organization in recent years and develop our programs to be aligned with that brain science along the way, because we think that's really important. So we do the housing and the those kind of family support programs. We have doulas and we do prenatal education and birth support for young moms. And you know, our often our doulas are the only ones that are there when a young mom's giving birth. And so mm -hmm. we can get to walk right with them through that journey into becoming a parent and then help support and coach them along the way, which is great. Um, and then we do job training because we also found that a lot of our young moms are having trouble finding or keeping jobs. And that was a real articulated need. So since the nineties, we've been doing job training and that's looked different over the years. Um, but we got into social enterprise because what we found was that, you know, first of all, talking about getting a job and then actually having a job are two totally different things, right? Right, right. And so, you know, you can talk about all day, you can have a great resume, you can practice interviews, you can do all that jazz, but like then actually showing up for work and like dealing with colleagues or a boss and all that stuff is really different. And so we needed to give people practice in that. Mm -hmm. And we needed to give really good, consistent quality of experience to folks, right? And so we had tried different models over the years. We tried internships and different things, but people had this like different experience in that. And we kept thinking, no, we need to like consistently give good quality. And so we were toying with the idea of like, well, maybe we should start a business because mm -hmm. we could then give them good experience. And so for us, the root of social enterprise came from, well, how do we give good training? Because how do we prepare people well to then be really successful in employment beyond us in the future? And that was our first nexus of, of you know, the foundation of social enterprise for new moms. And when did that come about? What that was, the was um, yeah, it was the late 2000s. Um, okay. And so 
we were in this journey. We did this whole like, you know, feasibility study and we were like, what, what should we do? What business should we start? And we're thinking about it. And interestingly, simultaneously in Chicago, um, a little social enterprise popped up. Um, it was called Bright Endeavors. It was this little candle company started by two women who had done some social enterprise in Chicago, early entrepreneurs and kind of pioneers of social enterprise in Chicago. And um, they were serving young women. And what they found was that most of the young women they were serving were young moms. And so they were, they were referring them to us for everything else because they were like, well, we've got all these other needs. And you know, it, and it's, it's hard, as you know, it's really hard to make social enterprise work. And so yeah. they were uh, within a couple of years, they were like, you know, they came to us and they said, you know, could you take us over? Um, and we were like, yeah, that's great. Cause we actually want a business. And so this is like, <laughs> perfect. And so we didn't have to, to start a different business. We just acquired this one, which was great. So bright perfect. endeavors became part of new moms in 2010 Okay, and, um, has been just an integral part of our model ever since. And so now all the young moms who are in our job training program, um, have some classroom experience, but they also have this really great transitional job at bright endeavors, our candle company. And, um, you know, they get that great quality experience and, um, that through their transitional job, they get some great experience with their resume. They get to practice it. They get paid all those good things. Um, and that has been just a game changer for us. Wow. I remember I came to visit and I saw the Bright Endeavors at work. I mean, I saw the yes. candle making and and it was quite an experience. Are you in the same location? Are we you are in the same, the same location and we're busting at the seams. So we're <laughs> ready to move to a bigger location. We're actually in process of looking for, for a new space because we are busting at the seams. We've probably doubled in size since you came to visit us okay. and uh, we're in like two floors now. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. You know, really interestingly, like the pandemic has been hard in so many ways, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, people are stuck at home and they are buying candles, which is yeah. great for us because we want to smell good things when we're at home. So it's actually been pretty good for our business. <laughs> That's great. And so, and just so people would know, so it's basically a candle making business and you, um, are you selling mostly to retail? Or are you selling online? How, how does that work? Yeah, it's a combination. We are, we're a, really a home fragrance company. And so we um, make soy candles. We also have moved into reed diffusers. And oh. so we also have a whole line of reed diffusers, which are great. Um, we sell online through our website, brightendeavors.org. Um, we also do wholesale work. So we have some big clients like Whole Foods um, throughout the like Midwest region, carry our products, a lot of little boutiques around um, the country and into Canada, the United States and into Canada. We, um, also um, do some private label work where we manufacture um, candles under, you know, the brand for another, uh, another right. brand as well, which is great. Um, all of those lines have continued to grow, which has been really great. And, and even doing some increasing amount of like corporate gifting, which has been really good for us. But that's right. But during the pandemic, really our retail sales like online shot up because people were stuck at home and yeah. you know, it's a small luxury, right? That you can easily Absolutely. afford and, and yeah, it's great. That's great. And so in terms of evolving, so you're going to, you're looking for bigger space now. Is that where, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it really it is. And it's, you know, it gets to, as we want to keep growing the number of young moms we can serve in our program, we have to keep growing the business too. Yeah. Right. And so to do that, we also have to have more physical space. So really that's been one of our biggest challenges, frankly, in the pandemic was navigating, of course, how do we keep people safe in the midst of this? And so, you know, keeping production going, but trying to keep people distanced and having the amount of space to do that has been the biggest trick for been us. Hard. I'm sure, I'm sure. I was going to ask you about the challenges, but what would be the greatest challenges that you're facing? Yeah, I, I absolutely 
actually think that that's a good, I gave myself my own lead into the challenge. I think, <laughs> I think um, for us, we, we think of it and we talk about it often as like a tension we just have to hold, right? Which is for us, social enterprise, the business model is such an important component for us to do job training, right? Like we have this business in order to do great training and we can't do the great training without the business. So we have to hold those two together. And sometimes there's tensions that exist there, you know, no mission, no margin, et cetera, right? But, you know, to grow, we have to do both simultaneously. I can't have a lot of, you know, young moms who need job training if we don't have candle products to make, if we haven't sold things, we can't sell things if we don't have folks that are in the training program, we have to right. grow those simultaneously. And it often doesn't happen smoothly and perfectly at the same time, right? It's a, you know, the other one pushes, pushes one up. Um, and so it becomes this like kind of a teeter totter <laughs> as often the like visual that I think of with it. Um, and there can be good tensions there. Like we can do this massive order for this company and it's huge. And you're like, but we don't have enough production at the moment. Like, how do we do this, right? And then you have to figure out, like, rise to the challenge, or or vice versa. And you know, those are those are good, healthy tensions. Actually, yeah. I think it yeah. forces us into into innovation. It forces us to um, figure out how to how to navigate through those with our colleagues, and how to you know how to how to navigate through those like just naturally occurring challenges that yeah. exist there. Um, and we've learned a lot about ourselves, like when to say no to things. Mm. When, to, when to lean into those growth moments, like the edges, the growth edges that happen for us as a business. Um, and when we say no to something on the business end, because it's actually not good programmatically, like we're going to suffer programmatic, the quality of training that we would be able to do will suffer, even though it might be great for our bottom line, it's going right. to, you know, our training is going to suffer. And those are hard, right? Because, you know, your bottom line is really important too, to your right. sustainability. And so like, that's a hard moment. And so sometimes there's a lot of like soul searching in those moments and we have to, you know, we have to navigate that a lot. And so we talk about that even with our teams um, as like, we have to just like name that these tensions are going to happen and that they're going to come out and we're going to have to just call it for what it is and sort through it because we can't pretend that this is not going to exist. This is part of running a social enterprise yeah. and navigating, having a social mission along with a profit mission, right? Yeah. And so we will have to continuously do this throughout our trajectory. I'm just curious if you have a lot of uh, folks on your team right now that have a, a sort of a business background more so than before, just to ensure that you're you're taking the right steps, you're making the right decisions, because it's a whole different skill set, right? So it is, yeah. yeah. Yep, it is. And so, and it's interesting because, right, like we have a, you know, a, um, a team at Bright Endeavors who's got, you know, some like we have like an MBA who's right. like leading our team, right? And <laughs> so he's got this like great business acumen and skill set. And then you've got a job training team who's got all this great like social service kind of, you know, education and social work kind of training. And then you've got, you know, those, there can be some clashes there at times. Uh, right? Of course. And perspective and how we do things in our right. And for the most part, that's really healthy and good. It keeps us on our toes. Yeah, yeah. It keeps us in a good middle ground. Um, yeah. But that also can create challenges. Uh, of course. And that's why I was wondering, because I, I know a lot of folks have similar types of tensions and that does create both opportunity as well as challenge. So um, it's an interesting balance. Um, so that would bring us then to lessons learned. I mean, what what are some of those lessons learned? How do you um, sort of navigate that that specific challenge or other challenges, yeah. what, what, what other people would learn from that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll go back to what I just said in that. I think when folks often enter into the world of social enterprise, like we can have this like rose colored glasses of like, this is going to be, this is going to be great. I'm going to pump all this money into like the world or in towards my mission without the realization that like you are going to have to constantly navigate those tensions (laughs) and that, and then you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? Either sometimes either sacrifice profit or sacrifice mission and that you're constantly going to be examining that question. So I think for us, we've had to just recognize that and know that that's going to be part of it. And so I think being realistic about that is really right. important. Um, you know, I get calls from folks who are like interested in starting social enterprise and they're like, you know, we view this as this like great revenue stream towards helping this like social problem that we have. And I'm like, that's great, but you are going to lose money before you make it. So just be ready. Right? <laughs> but that's important. It's very important because I do hear that a lot. So yeah. it's good to have your eyes open. Yeah. You do, right. Because it's, it's going to cost you more in a social model like this. You are building in some inefficiencies yeah. in your model, you know. As a CEO, I get a lot of free advice from people who like to tell me what to do, and that's great. And sometimes it's awesome advice, and sometimes it doesn't quite fit with the situation. And so the biggest advice I get in, in often in our like workforce program is like, you should reduce turnover because this turnover is killing you. And I'm like, but we're a job training program. So that is the point, right? Like, so you're right. If we reduce turnover and just, you know, had the same employees day in and day out, it'd be great. Like, right. we, could, like we would be killer, right? But that's not what we do, right? And, like, we, you know, we- And then there's the mission, right? And, and then, then there's the mission right, that right, we do, right. right? And so, you know, it's hard for folks. And, and I do think it takes a different perspective that like in getting people in your team, and this is maybe the other lesson I'd offer there is like getting people in your team who can really sit with that mission and be like, I'm willing to like walk through the tensions, the lessons, the challenges of this and really wrestle with that um, and have that at their core is really important. And yeah. you can come to that from the MBA, from the MSW, it doesn't matter. Like you can come to that in different ways, but you've got to be willing to really um, sit with that and wrestle with it because that is, that's, those are the folks you want in your corner when you're trying to navigate through all this. Cause it's hard work. I mean, oh, it's yeah. worthy work in so many ways, right? But it's hard. Um, and if you're in it to be, um, to build a quick, big, big flashy business, this isn't the right space. That's for not you. the place for you. No, no, no. Um, but I'm. I do have. How much? How many staff do you have? Out of curiosity, that are working. Right New Moms now? as a whole has about sixty. Okay. Um. Yeah, and we have. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. We have five. About six FTEs at Bright Endeavors full time there, and then a rotating cast. We have of our. Um, young moms who are production assistants there of um, anywhere between 10 to 15 at a time. Okay. They're okay. working there. Yeah. Um, awesome. And so those are, those would be the the top lessons or that, that was, those yeah. are good ones. And those are incredibly important ones. So I appreciate you offering those. Is there anything else that you wanted to say that I didn't give you a chance to say? The thing that comes to mind is, and I, maybe it's because of like new moms position in this is Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes social enterprises are standalones. Mm-hmm. Um, New Mom's interesting space in it is like we're a human service organization that also has a social enterprise, so right. it's a component, which makes us a little bit different. I think one of the challenges, um, and it's both good and bad there, um, is that I think it can both support a social enterprise in that model because there's been years where Bright Endeavors was not profitable, where it was like struggling and New Moms as a whole, because it was bigger, could support it, right? Right, right. It's lasted this long because it had a bigger entity that propped it up and said like, we will make this happen because it's really important to our mission. So we will do it. So it survived because it had the backing of a bigger organization. Mm -hmm. 
On the flip side of that, there have been moments where it's probably its growth has been constrained because it was part of a bigger organization. Right. And because we were like, well, we can't grow that because we're also trying to do all these other things in this bigger organization, right? So right. even, you know, we just did a, a great round of strategic planning this last year. Bright Endeavors is this like really critical part of that. There's a whole plan around Bright Endeavors, of course, but that has to be done in conjunction with all these other things that we're trying to move forward at the same time. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always like curious when I'm looking at other social enterprises um, too, because there's all these different models that are out yeah. there, you know? Yeah. And I don't I don't think there's one perfect one, but I'm, I'm always curious in other entities that have this kind of a model, because I think there's good and there's bad about this. Like mm -hmm. this allows you to have maybe a longer runway to see if you could make a go of it in a social enterprise. But I also think it can hold you back from sometimes right. like quicker success too. So there's yeah. pros and cons to that. Um, but I think that's something to think about for, for folks that are thinking about starting or like the situation of where you position a social enterprise as well. A great, a great piece to add um, to the conversation, because I do think that's important. So if people start thinking, what type of social enterprise do I want to start, maybe that will help them determine or discern, you know, the pros and cons and what they're willing to right. <laughs> work with and what would be right. too hard for them. And should it be independent or, connect, right. you know, or should you connect it, embed it in something else? Right. right. Yeah. And I speak to people who have an independent social enterprise and have their own, you know, host of pros and cons and challenges. Yeah, like, so it's interesting. It's 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 a very interesting yeah. part of the conversation for sure. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, thank you. Good, Take yes. good care. You too. Take care of this. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Beardbaugh.